Hello, everyone. It is the middle of May, and uh, we are slowly working through some of the shows that we recorded in February and March, right before uh, coronavirus shut everything down. We we did kind of lose track of things for a little bit, but we're getting back on track. So these are some of those shows recorded before coronavirus hit here in America. Um, we hope you enjoy them. And we are recording new shows coming up in June. We're just going to do it uh, distanced somewhat from our guests and probably in open outdoor spaces. So that'll be fun to get back to it. Um, we really appreciate you listening. It's, uh, it's a special thing to have an audience of people who actually listen to your show. So thank you very much for doing that. And uh, I hope you're faring well through this. These are difficult times for a lot of people. And uh, we're, we're with you. So I hope you're doing well. Take care. Hey, everyone. Happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. All right, Jimsy. All right. Welcome to Legacy Matters. Thanks Welcome. for tuning in. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Uh, glad you found us on your little radio dial there. Yep. Appreciate it. It's uh, me, Jim, and Sam today. Yep, Sarah. Sarah mm. is in... Mm, cognito. Uh, cognito. She's in Cognito? Is that good? I mean, we could... Yeah. She's actually know. snorkeling she was, today. She's snorkeling. She was hot air ballooning last... Yeah. The day she, we decided she, she wasn't... It, can't always be in wine country. No, she's you not. Know. She took a quick trip down to Mexico, actually. So <laughs> today, yeah, mm-hmm. just this morning she took yep. off, yep. and she she's said snorkeling. she was gonna. Does she when she snorkels water. like this? Um, does she does she bring a spear gun and shoot fish? Mm, does she ever I, do that? You know what? I don't think so. But she does have um, a knife on her ankle, like like in the James Bond. Okay. Yeah, she's got one of those. She said she had one, you know. So I'm sure she did. Jim. Yeah, just in case uh, of an emergency. Okay. While she's snorkeling. Yeah, got it. Yep. Um, all right. So Sarah's not here. Right. Uh, what do we got for weather? Weather. All right. So we are in March, and it's uh, it, remember Friday, that? and it's it's starting to warm up. So we're going to be in very the, much. Yeah, I think we might hit sixties. Oh, really? 60s this week. Remember that time that Kathy Werzer schooled you on, on meteorology? Yeah, she said it was going to be 50 this week. Kind of put you in your place. Eh, a little bit. You know, That's I, the way I saw it. I kind of think we're both in the same place. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You can write up there I, with Kathy. Yeah, I think so. When it comes to weather, yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know what? I, I got up early enough for this thing today that I actually got to catch the last half hour of her show. I felt really good oh, about it this morning. Good job. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So I'm no longer the guy that yeah. hasn't listened to an episode of it. Well, so. she'll be thrilled. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure she needed um, one other listener. <laughs> great looking weekend ahead. It's nice, bright, sunny, um, fantastic day. Today. Okay. So, almost done with winter. Almost done. Yep. Here in Minnesota. Okay. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? Yeah. Uh, we have two guests. In Sarah's absence, we have 
a guest on each side of the table today. Yep. Uh, we've got Ashley Braidmas and mm-hmm. Dan Braidmas. Welcome. Thank Ashley you. and Dan. Thank you. Glad yeah. to be here. Yeah. Super glad to be here. Well, thanks yeah. for coming thanks in. Thanks for letting us. On this great day today. Yeah. yeah. When we left um, northern Minnesota this morning, it was negative 21 on the snowmobile. Mm-hmm. Negative air temperature, negative 21? Yeah, air temperature. Is, I see it's 40 degrees now here. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a 60-degree swing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I didn't realize it was so cold up north. It must be a different air mass that you've got, got going up there. But. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So what do you mean on the snowmobile? Like, were you snowmobiling this morning? Well, the road does not go to where we live. So we Mm -hmm. snowmobile in and out. So this morning we hopped on the snowmobile around 6 o'clock. Yeah, and drove to the car. It was really cold. (laughs) That's all right. Tells you what I know. I know nothing about where where you you guys are. At the very end of the Gumflint Trail, um, out of Graham Ray. Okay. And then keep going. (laughs) But where do you... Where do you have land on the other side then, or nope? So you live, you're living up at camp. Yep, year round. Really? Yep. No kidding. It's not too bad. <laughs> no, there's got to be a period of time that you can't get across, though, right? Um, yeah, in the fall and in the spring, there's it's, it can be dicey sometimes. Um, we can always hike about what would you say a quarter of a mile mm-hmm. to a rapids that never freezes over, and paddle across if we have to. Um, but we stock up on food uh around those times and kind of just plan to hunker down for a week or whatever we need <laughs> wow are you hearing this jim uh, yeah. yeah yeah you have friends with with property up at the end of the gunflint yes you've yes. been you've been um, right kim and Lori. do you kim guys know Lori. kim and Lori? do you know where about on the trail they live <laughs> right at the end that's all i know <clears throat> if i saw them i'd probably be like oh yeah kim right and Lori. <laughs> i bet you would yes yeah, yeah probably yeah. it's a small community yeah yeah that's where they're at and okay. Then, so if you go up there and you're you're right at the very end, yeah. you go across the river. Which what river is that? The Seagull River. Seagull, yep. Mm-hmm. And that's Seagull Lake, and then and then you go north. That goes into what's the big lake? Saginaga. Saginaga. Yep. Okay. So right across the the river is where they're at. So there's Holy a rapids they smokes. can paddle across well, in the winter. She, when she says rapids, it's just moving water that doesn't freeze. It's yep. not like we have to forge uh, white water. Right. Uh, but we do need to take our ice axes because we need to pull the canoe up onto the ice uh, to transition. But it's, So we're not stranded, but it's certainly not convenient. Yeah. No. It's, it, but it's, um, there's something really cool about it, though, to spend time out in that place. It adds a different element, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And how long? So this is, uh, is it Birchwood Boys now? Is that the, the official name? It's Birchwood Wilderness Camp now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Birchwood Wilderness Camp. And it, it's been, was it Gunflint at one point? Mm-hmm. It started out as Gunflint Wilderness Camp. Actually, the first year it was Gunflint Wilderness School. And my father, who founded the camp, realized that not everybody wants to go to school in the summer. And so he changed to uh, Gunflint Wilderness Camp. And then a few years later, uh, he decided to be better aligned with the girls' camp, Camp Birchwood, if it became uh, Birchwood for boys. And then uh, now that Ashley and I are uh, owners of the camp, we thought it was best to go back to uh, Birchwood Wilderness Camp. It's kind of the marriage of the two, Gunflint Wilderness Camp and Camp Birchwood for boys. Kind of a way to honor both time periods. I like it. And mm-hmm. I had heard at one point that, uh, and I forget from whom, maybe it was Terry, but... Uh, that gunflint was a little too rough in modern society. Like, 
people. Well, it had a negative connotation for some people. Yeah. Uh, just the word gun. And the fact that, uh, because they don't understand the history of the gun flint, which was the stone that was found for their uh, flintlock rifles yep. uh, in the area. And that's how it got its name. And it's at the end of the Gunflint Trail. I mean, right. it, you know, it's, it yeah. makes sense. But I, I thought that was kind of funny how our modern sensibilities yeah. sort of disallowed yeah. the use of a word with Gunflint. And that's why know? we didn't go back to Gunflint Wilderness <laughs> Camp. Right. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Birchwood Wilderness Camp. Yep. And is it all boys still? It is. Yep. Boys ages 7 to 17. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for August 20th to 23rd this year, we're having our first yoga retreat for women. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Side. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is all boys for most of the summer. And uh, so what's the official dealings? So you guys bought it out here recently? Or? Right. Yeah, we purchased the camp. And uh, this will be the first year that Ashley and I have uh, directed and owned it. But okay. of course, it's been in the family uh, since 68. Uh, and uh, we've been involved in camping prior to that. Uh, so it goes back quite a ways. Sure. Um, you know, my uh, grandmother first started coming up, not my grandmother, my mother started coming up uh, on the Gunflint Trail in the 40s with Camp Lake Hubert. Camp Lincoln and oh, Hubert sure. were the biggest camps in Minnesota. Yep. And Camp Lincoln was associated with uh, uh, Blake Academy here in uh, Minneapolis area. And my father was a FIED teacher at Blake Academy. And so he got a summer job at Camp Lincoln, and he met my mother, and they dated, and they actually were married in the uh, lodge at the girls' camp at Camp at Lake, Lake Hubert. Hubert. And then uh, a few years later, I mean, they decided to start a family, and they lived in uh, Wassa, Wisconsin. My father worked for Wassa Mutual Insurance, a uh, real grown-up job, and uh, <laughs> they started the, the family. There was three of us. And in 1958, um, they bought uh, what used to be a resort on Steamboat Lake, had been turned into a camp for one year, and then they bought it as a camp and expanded it, and that became uh, Camp Birchwood for Girls. Okay. And uh, what's really kind of amazing, uh, we talk a little bit about legacy here, and uh, my mother ran the camp that first summer uh, and I was two years old. Uh, my brother was three and my sister was four. And my father stayed in Wassa at his job and came up on the weekends. So he would show up about midnight on a Friday and then head out on Sunday to get back to work. And my mother ran the camp. Wow. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's pretty astounding to me. That's up by Walker, right? Just, just north okay. of Walker's okay. Steamboat Lake. It's on the Leech Lake system. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then at 68, um, uh, because they had both spent time up in the Gunflint area, uh, they decided to add a, a base camp, uh, which is now the boys' camp that we're at. And that base camp was originally designed uh, as just a place for the girls' camp to stay on their trips out in the Boundary Waters. Sure. And uh, Dad got the bright idea. I don't think this was Mother's idea at first, mm-hmm. but... Uh, let's let's start a boys camp there and so that's so about 69 is uh, when they first had boys there okay yeah wow that's uh, that's adventuresome (laughs) was it was it eight weeks camp at that point it was two four-week sessions okay so and Mm -hmm. Birchwood girls has always been two four-week sessions yep 
Okay. And uh, we've had a few uh, kids that have come for eight weeks, but predominantly two-week sessions and four-week sessions are the norm. Yeah, I know that uh, Chippewa, where I worked, they started out as a, you went for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, every kid, and, and in fact, in the 30s when they founded it, um, you know, the first campers, primarily the kids and friends of the founders, but uh, they built the camp. You know, they, they built all the cabins and mm-hmm. did all the stuff. Did, was that true wow. at either of those places? Did the No, the participants never were part of the uh, okay. construction, but uh, uh, staff, uh, my brother was involved, and uh, my dad and I and another guy built the very first cabin at Gunflint. And, in fact, it's the little cabin that uh, I stayed in last summer and the summer before. That's awesome. He's built most of the cabins up at Gunflint, or a lot of the cabins anyways. Or I always call it Gunflint, but Bircher Wilderness <laughs> Camp is what I mean when right. I call it Gunflint. Yeah. Uh, it's just stuck in my mind as Gunflint. Um, but the cabin you live in now, you built mm-hmm. in the 80s. The cabin I live in, you built in the 80s. A lot of the cabins around camp yeah. you built. How and many cabins are there? I think there's 12 camper cabins, a dining hall, a staff lounge, a pack out, a camper lounge, a few other cabins. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not, it's not on, um, you know, it's not on any systems. Like there isn't, a, you don't have sewer. You, I mean, I know you have all your own stuff that you take care of, yeah. but it's not on a city just, right. I'm just trying to give people an, right. an idea who well, don't know what this is. Well, you can't drive to it, obviously, right? right. Yeah. Right. yeah, you so can't drive to it. So you're building it, like, are you just, are you cutting your own trees down? and Or what do you, what <laughs> no, do you do? The only How's this? trees that were cut were to make space. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing was built from the trees directly. Uh, the building that I live in right now is a log building, but it was a, a log building kit. Okay. Um, but everything has to come by water, mm-hmm. um, yeah. or in our case, by ice. Uh, which works well too, but no, there's no dump trucks, no well drilling trucks, uh, no septic tank truck. Uh, they're on the other side of the river, so uh-huh. it's definitely a disadvantage for a lot of things. Uh, we have our own uh, fire protection system, so we have two different pumps uh, for that kind mm-hmm. of safety. Um, but it's it's difficult when the groceries come. You know, we take this great big pontoon that we built, big 30 foot uh, pontoon boat. We call it the Barracuda. And it has a big landing ramp on it. And we go down to the uh, public landing two miles down the river. Uh, and we unload from a semi the, the food uh, <clears throat> that we get. And it goes down the river. And then when it gets to the camp, it gets uh, trucked up by human power. Twelve strapping uh, young lads that are our <laughs> staff, thank goodness. It's a 40-foot <laughs> elevation a hill. Um, and that's just every time you come in or out of the camp, you're hiking up and down the hill. So. Uh-huh. And you think, I, every morning I go up that hill and I'm like, this is going to get easier. Right. And, and it has it's been, been two years now and does. it's not easier. Yeah. It's just always every Still day. a 40 foot hill. Still a 40 foot <laughs> Still hill. Still a 40 foot hill. Well, and I, I didn't, you know, I hope I didn't give the impression that it, because it's far away from everything and it's across the river, it, it still retains all of this natural beauty in a certain mm. way, too. There's, Absolutely. You know, it's. I get that getting things in and out of there is harder, but it, I'm just trying to paint a picture for yeah. people listening. Yeah, right. kind of 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 just how much effort and love has to go into something like that to yeah. build a place like that in that location. It's really mm-hmm. it's quite stunning. Well, it's amazing. All, all the lumber got carried up on people's backs. All these logs that built this big building 
I hired four kids to help haul those logs up, and they weighed <laughs> like 200 pounds apiece. Sure. And they carried them up on their on their backs. Um, we're about four miles from the Canadian border, but for any of your listeners that uh, know about the Boundary Water Canoe area, our property line is the Boundary Water Canoe mm-hmm. area. So you step over our property line, you're actually in the BWCA. Yeah. So it's uh, it's wild. We see moose tracks and wolf tracks uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have red fox that come right up onto the porch, uh, pine martens. Um, so it's uh, it's definitely a wild place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having said that, we do have electricity and we do have internet access. Yep. And we do have a we do have a, a septic system for summer use. So uh, we have shower house and uh, flush toilets, yeah. which is relatively new. When uh, Ashley's mother and I directed the camp in the 80s, and uh, it was all outhouses then, and uh, it was quite a different. There was no showers. You use the sauna and the river. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it's different rugged. That's yeah. the yeah. word we use. It's rugged. <laughs> so we didn't we didn't work that out before we started this, did we? So Ashley's your daughter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. I, That's how much research we did. I knew that. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I picked up on it as you guys I guess came the People on the other end might not have. But uh, right. Yeah, well, and I, I made the assumption, but, you know, I didn't want to. I, I wasn't sure. So yes. so you've been, uh, you've been linked to this place your whole life. Did you attend girls? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I was a camper at the girls' camp um, for many years, and Did I was never—I was never a staff member. I worked for like a couple of weeks as a sailing instructor, but I think I had a summer internship going on at the time. I went to school for engineering um, yeah. at UW Madison, so I was always having summer internships. Mm-hmm. Um, but the camp was always a big part of my life. I spent one summer building the water slide that we have at the boys' camp now. Which, if you've ever paddled down the Seagull River. This is kind of a landmark. It's this big water slide <laughs> coming out of the woods, and it's it. People know it as like, oh, the water slide. That's a landmark on the river, whether they know it's Birchwood Wilderness Camp or not. Right, because um, it's not like there's a big sign there or anything. Not currently. Yeah. Right. right. There yet. is not a big sign. Yeah, not yet. We've right. got, okay. <laughs> got one in the, got one in in the works. works. It's funny to listen to people talk and they look at that slide and they get closer they see it from a distance they can't really tell what it is sure they're theorizing it's a log flume it's you know all these different (laughs) things and then they get right to the throat of it and look up and they oh i'll bet that's a water slide and of course if we're using the water slide it makes it easier uh, to figure that out obvious kid comes flying out at about 20 miles an hour how big is this slide it's uh, 400 feet long Wow. And it, yeah. uh, it's like a lazy river at the very top. Uh-huh. In fact, if you were to sit up, you could even stop in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the last a third of it goes down that 40-foot hill, and it just takes your breath away. It surprises <laughs> Shoots you. Shoots you, right? Yes. Goes, but it's it's deep enough. So the, the walls of the slide are deep enough so that... Uh, you know, there's no way anybody's coming out of it. Yeah. Uh, and then depending on the water level, our, our level of, of the river fluctuates about three feet between the beginning of the summer and the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, towards the end of the summer when the river's down, um, it's about a six-foot drop. So you come out of the end of that slide doing about 20 miles an hour, and then you fall six foot into the water. <laughs> or you're kind of like pile-drived. But mm-hmm. it's, and the kids, uh, 
it varies. Either the kids just love it and they run up and go down as many times as they can, or they go down one time and they say, ah, I did That's that. about it. I did that. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Really? I You're was, not a big water slide Well, person? yeah, water slides, but not this water slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was the very first person to go down it. And what? I just. She's always been like crash test dummy for any of the things. <laughs> wow. Right. It's, yeah, it's a little too, that drop at the end is scary. But our boys love it. They get yeah. the, the whiteboard down on the dock and they start doing time trials and writing the times on the board. Of course they and, do. Of course they do. Yeah, they make a competition. Yeah. They make a competition. It. Yeah. 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 Uh, first one down it. How does that, I have a daughter? I'm not sure. Like, would I throw my daughter down the slide for the first time? <laughs> I hope to build you? it. <laughs> How old were you? Mm, that was the summer before college, I think. Okay. So I guess yeah, you're 18? old enough to make decisions at that time. Right. I'm yeah. going first. I'm going yeah. first. You're doing. Why not? Yeah. Why not? So a few years after that, we built a uh, about a 400 foot zip line, big cable <laughs> zip line. I remember seeing that forest. actually. And uh, when we decided, well, we better test this with, you know, a non-living object. And so we, I think that would be smart when you build something like that. We smart. tied this about 70-pound rock, which, of course, <laughs> you know, all of our kids are heavier than that. But yep. we tied this 70-pound rock uh, into a harness and sent it sailing. I was at the bottom, and when it hits these uh, bungee cords to slow you down to decelerate. But... It launched the rock out of the harness, and it went tumbling through the woods. <laughs> and it was it was spectacular. And yeah, so, I can imagine that was were you, pretty cool. Yeah, were you imagining then children also being ejected from the end of well, this and my next, launched through the woods? My next statement was, Ash, it's okay, go, go. <laughs> Just and it hang was. on. Were you Just the first on, one tight. down that, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That was fun. I like that. That's and this is a this is a boys camp and you're yeah. up there and now you're running it? Mm-hmm. What is this slide made of? Is it the plastic or is it It is it, a plastic. It's, it's sort of like fiberglass, but it's made okay. out of a plastic and it's uh, uh, layered like shingles. Okay. So where, you know like a shingled roof, you couldn't really rub your hand up, but mm-hmm. you could go down. And right. that's the way this plastic works. Mm-hmm. And we built it that way on purpose. It's in sections because uh, uh, we can have wind and trees that break and fall, and uh, we thought if a tree falls through this thing, how do we repair it? Right. And uh, if it were a big fiberglass thing, and not to mention that's really expensive, um, this was a method by which we could build it and we could repair it and maintain mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was going to make a crack about them harvesting the plastic out of the forest or something. I couldn't think anything, you know? I couldn't think fast enough on that one. Need some more refinement on that. Yeah, a little slow today. (laughs) You still pulled it off. I still did it? You got some, I mean, I got it? Yeah, you got it. I I threw everything out of whack for a moment. That's sort of, it's my my role in all of this. Um, So what do you guys all do on it? I mean, is there, okay, so we got the slide, zipline, hunting, fishing, all of that. No, no sailing, no hunting. Yeah, on the so, gunflint. Right, it's not right. hunting season. You know, well, shooting. Ah, oh, oh we, riflery. Yeah. Riflery. Okay. Okay. yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah, okay. So we have all sorts of in-camp activities that are traditional, right? Mm-hmm. Archery, riflery, waterfront, cooking, arts and crafts, all those sort of things. And then during the week, our boys are out on wilderness trips in the Boundary Waters, hiking on the Superior Hiking Trail, mountain biking, rock climbing on the North Shore of Lake Superior. So they're on a wilderness trip during the week. Yeah. And then the weekends, they come back into camp, and there's a menagerie of things to do. 
Menagerie. Menagerie. <laughs> I like that. It sounds nice. With I, the, with, yeah. 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 I mean, that's a it lot. It sounds of, nice. It sounds great. That's it all is. you could muster? Camp well. sounds nice? It's freaking awesome. <laughs> it is. Camp, I, I'm telling you, as a kid. Yeah, see, I didn't go to camp. Oh, my God. No you, wonder you know, this is up. just, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I seriously, this is what. This is what it's about. I know. Every so we have a girl, lot of camp well, talk on this show. I got to say, yes. we really do. I gather that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I clearly have. Well, you clearly missed out. Well, yeah, but we had a cabin. And you, know, you spent that your time did, up at We Pearl. did all of that. Did you, you know? love going to the cabin? Loved yeah. going to the cabin. Still love going to that's the cabin. Right. That's right. That's and when what you were we do. 13 years old, would you spend all day out swimming in the lake yep. and playing? Yep. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That's I just didn't go to a camp. Add, uh, add riflery and archery and rock climbing and a zip line and a big water See, slide. that's what I'm talking I mean, it just <laughs> then, sounds like, wow, that's And to get this cool. part, your parents are a long uh, way so that's <laughs> So that's what I was just going to say. And then my parents aren't around? That's yeah. even, you know. It's important for kids yeah. to have unstructured playtime. And we structure things for safety, but mm-hmm. they have a lot of choices. But to right. be able to uh, make the decisions and, and uh, hang out with their buddies and and, uh, there's no helicopter parent, uh, you know, yeah. telling them what to do. And there's no technology either. They don't have their phones. There's no Wi-Fi. Right. There's no there's no cell service to yeah. use your phones. So they're completely yeah. unplugged, which is oh, really nice. Oh, poor too. little kids. What I do they know. do? What are they going to do? <laughs> what do they do? Oh, they turns manage. out they have a great time. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's, it's amazing to watch what happens to kids when you take all that stuff and you just say, look... We're gonna we're gonna hang out here and play all day and do yeah. all these great things and yeah. they learn a lot and they grow and so much. I'm sure that's why some kids may be reluctant to want to go to camp, but it's also the reason why a lot of parents want their kids to go to camp. Is I, they want them to deal with other uh, kids their own age and not have all these uh, electronic sidetracks that. Uh, we spend so much time on and we're guilty of the same we use our cell phones and computers all the time but to be unplugged is uh i think especially in outdoors uh is a really healthy uh, important Mm -hmm. thing that so many kids just don't get yeah and i think uh i think more and more the kids are actually admitting how great that is for them they they understand you know what was it? Maybe fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, that uh, we started. We had cell service at camp, and we started seeing kids coming up to camp with, with cell phones. And then, you know, those were flip phones back then. Mm-hmm. By the way, or, I mean, did kids even have phones book? fifteen years ago? Though they did. That's about the mm-hmm. start of it. Yeah. You and I both got phones right around two thousand. Yeah. We're the last adults. Everyone else had one it's before true. you and I had them. Yep. I didn't have a phone until 2000. <laughs> yep. But I remember the kids had sh- started showing up with, with cell phones. And then, you know, prior to that, it wasn't like we were all worried that they were hanging out online all the time doing things because they didn't have the means to do it. Mm-hmm. So now we're really only probably 10 years-ish into... Yeah smartphones and Facebook on your mobile app and everything. And in that 10 years, I think it's, you know, we all realize we're addicted to these in some ways, Mm -hmm. but I think the kids are sort of leading the charge in a way saying, I need some time off of this too. I I see a lot more of that anyway, these days. Right. But um, I, Mm -hmm. I, 
I read something might have been from Steve Purdom, but um, just that that kids kids do talk about after camp that that's one of the joys of being there was not having that constant distraction of electronics. Yeah, so. once they get that taste of it, then they know what that feels like, and they can compare it to how it feels to be constantly sucked into the phone. Right, which makes a huge difference. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, it's a good thing. Good yeah. thing for all. Absolutely. So, do we have someone coming in our studio? Did I forget to lock the door? <laughs> oh, it's all right. It's Victor, right? Victor. Yeah, yeah it's Victor, my yeah. fiance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was walking Ooh, the dog. Safe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What What are we doing here? We're We're about done with our first half, but are uh, we? yeah, it goes pretty right. quick. We'll take a quick break then. All right. Should we do that? Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll take right a quick back. break. Get some coffee or something. <laughs> I got like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Today's show is brought to you by the Andalin app, a first of its kind digital legacy preservation app that allows you to digitally attach photos, videos, and audio recordings to the places and objects you love. Imagine hearing your grandmother's voice telling the stories of your family heirlooms. Preserve your memories prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andolin, available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andolin.app for more information. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what is not? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique modeler servicing residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consultation. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel safe products directly to your door in an airport security safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. His strong connections in the Minnesota art world give him a unique perspective on the talented pool of artists from our region. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. All right. Do you want to go on a wilderness adventure with me, Sam? Or maybe you know a group of kids who could benefit from an extended break from their electronics. Or maybe you just need a break from those kids. Visit earthedfound.org for more information about how to get started. For information about becoming a sponsor of Legacy Matters, please visit LegacyMattersPodcast.com. Ashley's all nervous. You can make noise. It's fine. Yeah. Are we back? We are. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. So I have a question. How many kids are there when Mm. it's... it's you know, when it's full on. So that is kind of the difference with our camp. Mm -hmm. A lot of camps would have maybe 100, maybe 400 kids at any given time. We are small by design is Mm -hmm. kind of our pitch there. Um, 35 to 45 kids at any given time. So kind of a small crowd. Yeah, the camp I worked for was small too, Chippewas. That's nice. They they were up closer to 50 to 70, usually around 70. But um but those smaller camps, you really get to know everyone. Well, everyone knows everyone. And yes. is everyone the same age at no. that time? Or is it? No. Okay. Uh, it's between 7 and 17. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And all of your kids are going out and doing adventurous stuff during the week. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yep. All right. Yep. Boundary waters it. trips, hiking trips. Have you ever had a? I mean, what what happens when the little Sammy shows up and he's not happy? I mean, do you? I mean, does everyone leave happy, or are some kids just not cut out for it? What do you it, think? It varies. Uh, usually, if they're not happy, they're not happy the first day or two. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't take long, uh, and all of a sudden you catch that little guy smiling and laughing mm-hmm. and having a good time. So even though mother's a little worried uh, for a short time, we. Uh, you know, we encourage the parents just be patient and let's see how this goes. I'm sure it'll be fine. And 99% of the time, it is just fine. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the last time that they sent, you know, allowed some kid to go home early right. for anything, you know, non medical or whatever. Um, so they, they adapt pretty quickly. And the return rate at camps like this, uh, especially our camp, is really high, uh, anywhere from 70 to 90%. Yeah. Where I remember back in the day, Dad always thought seventy uh, percent was uh, fabulous at the girls' camp. So that tells you a little bit about how happy they usually are. Mm-hmm. And you know, part of it takes some perspective. Uh, we get kids that go out on trail, and uh, they'll come back, and I ask them, "How'd the trip go?" Oh, it was great. I said, "Well, didn't you get wet? We had pretty good rain the last." Oh yeah, we got wet, and I fell in the mud, and you know. But that's part of the bragging rights when they're back, and they realize that even though there were some uh, hard times, you know, portaging or paddling or it's a little hot or whatever, um, pretty soon that all just melts away into this fabulous accomplishment that they made. Mm -hmm. Those are never the trips you want going into it. Like, you don't want to sign up for a trip where it's going to rain. Right. But those end up being the most memorable trips where you learn things about yourself where you forge friendships that you'll have the rest of your life. Those are always the best trips, in my opinion. Yeah, a little adversity does a person good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the last canoe trips I was on, uh, my nephew came up, and we paddled from uh, just a little ways away from camp all the way to Lake Superior, and we did the uh, Grand Portage route. And uh, How long is the Grand Portage? Well, the Portage itself is, uh, I think, nine miles uh, with a canoe on your head. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's in mud. and uh, So we did this in three days, and it uh, rained every single day, and the mosquitoes were atrocious on this particular trip. It was earlier in the year. And uh, the uh, when you get past uh, mid-trail and you actually leave the boundary waters on this route, uh, the portages aren't maintained very well. So there are a lot of downfalls. Uh, you're in mud and standing water up to your knees. I mean, it was just... A nightmarish trip from that perspective but we saw seven moose on that trip sometimes we had to wait till they got out of the way uh, we started counting the, the number of beavers that we saw and pretty soon we couldn't keep track there were so many of them uh, so the wildlife was amazing the scenery was incredible and even though it was uh, rainy and uh, miserable that way uh, the skies were dramatic, and the water was high, and uh, you know, the current was uh, swift, and it was just, it was absolutely the best trip mm-hmm. I've ever been on, but it was also the, the hardest um, trip. Sure. So, and that happens. Um, you know, you can't guarantee uh, the weather's going to cooperate, but if uh, we, when we train staff, we talk a lot about how how you make the best out of a situation so that you still see the beauty in everything, even if it's not, you know, 
mm-hmm. as nice as you'd like it to be. Right. Yeah, I don't. I've taken. I've guided a lot of canoe trips, and uh, I don't remember the weather being. You know, it's. I know it wasn't nice the whole time. Every trip, you know, I'm, yep. I've paddled uh, up to Hudson Bay three times. So you, you know, you're at three weeks, wow. three weeks out on a trip. Uh, you're sh- sure going to run into some different varied weather, but yep. uh, the you know bad weather days don't stick in my mind. Like the the trips themselves are made of a lot more than just that. So for sure. Yep. So what do you guys do for fun around uh, <laughs> around there? Well. I, when I'm not working for camp, I write a blog called An Outdoor Experience, which I started writing last winter, friends and family, because I had just moved up there. I had quit my job. I was living in Florida at the time. I moved up to this cabin without water in the middle of the woods in winter, and people were like, you should write a blog, make sure that you're okay. You should start podcasting, because everyone's doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Everybody easy. is doing that. <laughs> Everybody's it's getting into it It's the thing to do, days. apparently. Yeah. So you were living in Florida. Yeah. And what were you doing in Florida? I was an engineer in Florida okay. for two years, and then two years prior to that, I was an engineer in Alabama. Okay. What kind of engineering? So by degree, I'm a mechanical engineer, um, and I was working for an automation company. So think okay. like the brains behind an assembly line. So mm-hmm. I was going into, for example, for example, paper mills and putting our products in their assembly lines. Okay. Uh, so very different. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the South is very different. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was in, like, the span of a week I decided to quit my job and pack up and move back to Minnesota. And he was living at the camp at the time, which is why I thought, I'll just go spend one winter at the camp. With and the then old man? With the old man. Because he said, he said, you know, Ash, if my dad would have offered to spend a winter with me, I would take it. Oh, God. <laughs> Guilt. Oh, Guilt. Guilt me into it. it. Okay. She sucked into that. Yeah. How many kids do you have? Uh, you're looking at it. I get it. Okay. I get it because yeah. I, have, I have two boys. Uh, God. I can't remember their names. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter. And then I've got my, my baby girl. Your baby right. girl? Yeah. Oh, that's Andalyn. so sweet. Andalyn. Andalyn. Yeah, this, the, I'm just kidding, boys. I love you. But uh. they, you know, they're, they're 12 and 10. They know the routine. Sure. Uh, but yeah, do. I get it. So you quit yeah. your job and and you're and, and went into you know basically you get are you middle of nowhere? Yep. Yeah. Are you writing right. this blog on birch bark or what? Practically. Are, yeah. <laughs> no, it's my mo- or like my little slogan on my blog is um, that I don't have running water. I have Wi-Fi. It's all you need to write a blog about living outdoors is the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, well, and my intention was just to blog through the winter, live there in the winter, and then in the spring go find another engineering job in Duluth and like rejoin mm-hmm. society as a normal adult. Right. <laughs> and that just never happened. So, <laughs> bought a business instead. <laughs> so, that never happened. So I thought I'd be a wilderness camp Why not? director. Why not? Is that your title as director? Yeah. So do owner you, director. Yeah. Do yeah. you go? Uh, do you go out and recruit? Do you go to camp fairs and stuff? Actually, tomorrow we're going to a camp fair at okay. the Como Zoo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That one's happening here, isn't yes, it? In Minneapolis. Tomorrow. I forget about that. Yep. I, you know what? I don't. I don't own a camp, and I don't even work for a camp right now. I do have a nonprofit <laughs> uh, with the intent of someday owning a camp. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I thought about going to that fair just because. <laughs> he I, does love camps, I guess. Oh, I mean, listen, this is, I mean, usually, this is camp today, but usually he starts, he looks over and I'm like, oh God, not the camp story again. But you know, it I is point cool. to my Wanigans. But, but, but it is cool because you have a ton of friendships from your camp experience and, and, so, I mean, I do witness it. I mean, it is pretty amazing. I, there's no doubt about it. Like, I mean, the kids that have stopped by to say hi mm-hmm. to you oh. and how they have their network. I mean, it it is, it, you know, it really is a networking. I mean, you guys have been friends for forever. Well, we you had know? Dan in here yeah. the other day talking to him. And, I mean, he's, I'm going to put Dan, let's be let's be generous here. I'll put him at 55 years old, let's say. Okay. Right? Sure. You know? give or take uh anyway uh his camp experience i forget what years he was there in the 60s or 70s Mm -hmm. and it's it's still kind of all he talks about and Mm -hmm. and half of his friends if not more are you know oh this guy well he was at camp you know and then Mm -hmm. this other friend of mine oh well yeah i met him at camp too uh it is it's those it's such a like the formative years of your life Mm -hmm. there and so you know some people have really strong ties with their high school friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people have really strong ties with their college friends. Right. Almost everybody who goes to camp has really strong ties, lifelong strong ties yep. with the people they went to camp with. And I think it's that because you're there at that 10, 11, 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14 year old age, when you're really starting to form those, yep. those bonds. Friendships. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention it's when you're forming you. Yeah. Uh, so many, uh, we've heard it from mothers before that I sent my little boy to camp when this young man came back. Yep. And uh, you do a lot of growing and maturing. And uh, the friendship is uh, one of the pillars that my dad started uh, the girls' camp on. Is, uh, is the, he thought he invented the web before the web because he called it the web of friendship. And one of the things he did is he told all the kids, he said, if you want to get a hold of anybody that you met at camp and you don't know their name or their address, you remember the first name, if you can remember their cabin, you just address it to Camp Birchwood and we will get it forwarded. And so it was really important to him uh, to develop and foster this web of friendship. And when we traveled around the country uh, as a family, we traveled all over the place, there wasn't hardly any town that we couldn't go to where dad knew people. And they were all camp people. Yep. And of course, then with the association with Camp Lincoln and Hubert, it goes way back. That's so right. those are lifelong friends that you develop. And mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things we're shooting for. Yep. Yeah, we're actually working on a little, we, we do digital stuff too. Mm-hmm. And we're working on a, a tool that for a lot of different institutions, but uh, because of my time at camp and what I know camps need, we've got a version of it that's gonna be for camp. So. We'll Sweet. explain that to you later. But, yeah. But that's interesting that you're talking about, like, that, you know, if you had that friendship, you know, you send send a letter to the actual camp, and then you got, you know, they'd figure out where it has to go, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that's sort of a nice, that's very cool. Yeah, it turns out camp yeah. people are nice. Well, I know that. <laughs> I know that, yes. Yes. People in general just, yeah. Well, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be nice if you could send a letter to your old high school labeled, you know, to your friend and they would figure out how to reach him? Yeah, yeah. it would be. But Dad kept everything on a Rolodex and he knew people from all over the place and he, he thought that was really important. It is. No one it sends is. letters anymore, though. 
No. No, but but the core of it camp is connections. <laughs> camp you friends know? do it. That's what Ashley yeah. said. What did you say? I said camp friends do. Still right. So I believe that. Yeah. They do. Mm-hmm. I believe they that. Do. Um, totally do. Yeah, we had uh, a camp comedy down the road from us, and uh, I was always encouraging the boys to strike up, uh, you know, pen pal relationship friendships with the the girls from camp. Nice. From the other mm-hmm. camp, because it's it's still fun to yeah. get something written you know sent to you to receive so something fun. yeah it is yeah yeah definitely camps camps so engineering florida uh, yeah. wilderness i get and, it and when does everything start like what month do you, does everything just go full june full, yeah june? the first week of june okay yeah that's when our staff arrives okay so and then right after school's out yeah. Yep. And kids arrive. The second week of June. Okay. Yes. So just one week of prep. Yep. Sort of getting everything yep. ready. Staff yep. shows up. Well, yep. that's staff training. We've yeah. got we're, people wonder what in the world do you do if you want to camp all year long. You've got all winter off, and it's, <laughs> it couldn't be anything further from the truth because we have things to do every single day. Yeah. Now we are afforded a little flexibility, and uh, and when. You know, we hear there were wolf tracks in the back. We go for a hike, and yep. you know we can do some of those things. But uh, well, you're your own boss. Yeah. There's plenty to do. Right. Uh, there's always a list of things to get done. Yeah, I would yes. think so, especially when you got to bring everything in too. Yeah. I mean, no matter what. <laughs> I mean, well, just a trip to the lumber yard is yeah, uh, is at least a half of a day minimum. Yep. But um, <laughs> just for it. like nails. I mean, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it, because the end of the trail is is what a good hour and a half from. Yeah, in the winter time, it takes at least an hour and a half to get from Grammarie to the end of the trail. Yeah. Yep. That's so if a, you get to the end and you're doing plumbing and you realize, oh, <laughs> I needed this adapter. I don't have it. You're not going. You back either figure out how to figure it out, <laughs> or you wait till somebody's coming, or you get in the car and go back. I suppose. I drove all the way to Grand Marais. I was headed towards Ely this uh, summer. I was going to pick up a group of kids in Ely. And I wanted to get an early start, and I thought, I'll have breakfast in uh, Grand Marais. And so I got all the way down the river, down the trail, and got to Grand Marais, and I realized I did not have my wallet. <laughs> I had no Classic. money, no oh, credit no. cards, nothing. So I had to turn around 60 miles no. all the way back, all the way down the river, get my wallet. Hey everybody! Oh my god! <laughs> and the funny thing is, when the people at the camp saw me going back for the second time, they thought that was the first time, and so they waved goodbye. <laughs> but you know, you should put a spare credit card in the truck somewhere. Right? Yeah, I will. Well, yeah. not now. Knock on I mean, wood. Not, I'll not try that to we're never do that again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, know, you think you yeah. think there's a thief out there in in? Tuning in to our, to yeah, our podcast, who's going to drive the hidden all key the and way. a credit card in the van? <laughs> yeah. in fact, I'll just leave it run for you. <laughs> the keys and card. The title's the on the dash. Yeah. It's right. fine. You can have it. <laughs> you can Take make it, it up there to get it. Right. You can have it. Right. That's funny. Yeah. Yep. So uh, you're you're getting married, are you? Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. Are you getting married up at camp? I don't know. We haven't decided. Oh, I don't I, want to put any pressure. We're, on we're more of the elope sort of folks. I don't know. Oh, 
Well, yeah, your dad threw you down the slide first. I know, right? Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> talk about line. talk about legacy. So when my dad wanted to marry my mom, yes, my dad's or my mom's dad, yeah. uh, Joe, uh, I married Gail, and he said, "Yeah, I'll I'll give you twenty bucks for the wedding, and that's the deal I'll make you." And so then <laughs> Victor and my dad, and my dad said, "I'll give you the same deal Gail's dad gave me twenty bucks. I'll give you twenty bucks for the wedding." Which is all you really need. He didn't adjust for inflation? There right. you go. You all got right. him. Nailed him. Yeah. Inflation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I was just going to mention $40 dollars for you. So okay. <laughs> double. Double. That's, That's two bad. cases of bush lights. Eating a drag. <laughs> I figured it's enough gas to get far enough away. Yeah. Well, to get to the end of the trail. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yep. So you don't have a date set and you're going to elope no. or whatever. But. No, we're just focusing on this summer. He is my co-director at camp, and he's worked at camp for three years prior to this. So Okay. Yeah, camp people. But eventually, it'd be fun to have some sort of reception up at camp. But I mean, I would just assume. Yeah. You know? We got the kitchen. We got the space. Yeah, it seems cabin. like something you would do. Right. But then there's the question of how do you... And you, everybody wants canoes. to drive to the end and <laughs> you just put a, a whole bunch of canoes on the other shore and say, come on over, yeah, having a party. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So do you guys, uh, now I'm thinking, like, what are the plans for the camp? I mean, do you have other things that you want to build, like zip line, you know, that kind of stuff? We're or whatever. Talking what, about yeah. That what sort do you what What do you think of the future? Well, I want a yoga deck and a greenhouse, and I'd like an apiary. And what? What wow. do you want, Dad? And, and <laughs> okay, but so but, when she says that stuff, because I know how it works with my daughter. <laughs> like when she says that stuff, are you just like, ah, shit? Yeah. Well, you're I'll, getting. I'll make it happen. Yoga is happening, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yoga's yeah. coming. And this is all yeah. women, correct? <laughs> this one is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Because it's all boys, right? It is all boys. I mean. Yes. What's that like? Well, they don't you know, overlap. I mean, I'm okay. Right. I think right. you ask. Yeah. No, yeah. I just meant like it's all boys. Like usually, yes. just in Europe, there. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, it's like, are you the um, only girl at camp during the um, summer? I don't know if I will be this summer. Last summer we had three girls, other girls on staff. Okay. Usually our kitchen staff, um, but we're still looking for our main kitchen manager. So, mm-hmm. if that's yeah. a female, then there'll be one other. Sure. Okay. But yeah. All right. I'm well, kind of used to it. I don't know. Yeah. In the engineering world, it's male-dominated for the most part. And I think it's really good to have at least a female in camp. Um, with so many boys around, it's good to have a female influence. Right. Oh, I totally so, agree. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's uh, like at our camp, there weren't many women around. But the mm-hmm. like, it doesn't... It doesn't alter it in a bad way. It's not. Right. It, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's nice to you know, your average ten year old boy it likes to know that there's a, a woman around sometimes. Sure. You know, yeah. so does right. the ten year old boy's mother. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yep. Appreciate yep. that. Yes. And in fact, this year uh, for the first time, uh, I've I'm, we're going to use my old cabin for nurses, That's and right. we've yeah. offered uh, one week stints uh, for nurses, and they don't have to be a licensed nurse for this could be a just a pretend type. nurse a pretend nurse works, yeah yes. um, <laughs> but somebody that can help us uh, administer our medications that kids come with yep um but uh it's a voluntary thing they're not it's not a paid position but uh it's room and board and it's in the prettiest place you can possibly imagine i mean everybody that goes into the boundary waters paddles uh, 20 feet away from the cabin. Right. Uh, the state walleye record was caught 20 feet the other direction 
from yep. the cabin. So it's uh, it's a, a wonderful site. So, and we've had a few. Uh, we have a, a family, a, a nurse in the family that wants to uh, bring uh, my cousin up, or I'm sorry, my nephew, my nephew. up. And uh, then Ashley has a, a friend, a high school friend that's mm-hmm. a nurse. Yeah. That uh, and there's still positions open. And, and a camp friend that's a nurse that she's. Yeah, come I would up. hope that you wouldn't have any trouble finding no. someone who wants to do that. It's like people love it. Yeah, I mean it's a. You have a little light duty, and but you get, yeah. you know, everything else is taken care of for you on your mm-hmm. vacation, and you've got the spot to stay, and you, so you take a week, go up there and do it. Yep. I would hope you'd fill those those so right away. Yep. If you have open time during the summer, come on up. Yeah. <laughs> be be a nurse. Be a nurse. I can be a pretend nurse. I I have uh, three or four times in my life been wilderness first aid certified. Hey, there you go. Which yeah. you know d- does not very much <laughs> like. I, I don't know if I'd trust me, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I can take a canoe trip out. So you, you said a whole bunch of stuff. What do you want for the future? <laughs> an oh. apiary. I just you know, have a running yeah. list of What's things. What's that? Do you know what an apiary is? No. I'm no. Gonna, it's bees. It's, no. it's what? It's bees. You can't tell them the oh, truth. Oh, I'm sorry. I always do this. I ruin the, <laughs> yeah. the punchline. Or, oh. You didn't it's ruin an apricot orchard. It's apes. We have apes. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, funny now story about that. We scary. We haul in a lot of wood chips for a path. And Dad, you might tell this oh, better. This is hilarious. Yeah, so this is funny. wood chips into the woods. Is there irony Isn't that in that? Funny? It does yeah. So. Yes. But we'll get this though. So I'm at the landing, and I'm at the Barracuda. There's a big pontoon, and I'm loading these on, shoveling them. It's a huge pile, like a dump truck pile, onto the boat. And these people walk by, and they ask, uh, "What in the world are you doing?" And I told them, I said, "We have a woodchuck sanctuary, and uh, this is food." And their response was, really? That's interesting. <laughs> that is so fun. So I left them on the hook for about 30 seconds. And I said, no, not really. See where I would have ruined that right away. Yeah, yeah you were so honest with him. This guy this guy knows nothing about what we're talking about. You say apiary. Wow. His mind is I, mean, I could have run with there. that. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it it's means. Peace. Okay. Peace. So you I want... I, yeah, I would yeah. like to have some bees. Right. Yeah, help the planet. Who doesn't? Make honey for us. You know? Yeah. Well, that sounds... I mean, why not? Yeah, that sounds cool, too. <laughs> why not? And what are the other things that you were saying? I'd like a greenhouse. Yum. I would like to have a greenhouse and the yoga deck. What are the other things? There's well, a couple of cabins we'd like. the Strides Project, uh, we want to move... Well, uh, hang uh, on, Dad. Pause. Stride... We haven't covered this. Stride oh, is Victor. Everybody at camp has camp names, nicknames. Mm. My camp nickname is Penny. His is Uncle Dan. Victor's is Stride. Everybody has one. So if Penny. you hear, there's a whole story. Yeah, I'm That's sure. That's a different time. Yep. That's helpful. I get <laughs> it. Okay, so Stride's idea. So we, want, uh, we have uh, the most beautiful place on the planet. In fact, it's the place that Dad found uh, canoeing by before he owned the property for our campfires up on this big rock overlooking the... Uh, the river but we that's uh in a few minute walk away so we want to have something right in camp and so what uh i talked about putting a fire circle in with some uh, benches around and stride has the idea that then we'll put a roof over that so that even in rainy uh, weather mm-hmm. we can still have fun with that and if we have an opening at the top we can still have our fires and so that's mm-hmm. one of the things um We've talked a little bit about uh, buying a portable sawmill. Oh, yeah. And uh, mm. because we have lots and lots of timber, um, and so we can selectively harvest trees that we could cut into boards, and then uh, the sky's the limit. There's all kinds of projects we could, we could yeah. do. 
Um, so there's plenty of improvements. I mean, uh, one of the things that we'd like to do, that I'd like to do, is that uh, when the, the barracuda comes in uh, and the food's on the boat, it all has to be carried by hand up the hill. And I'd like to make a trolley system that would then be able to load the food and it would be uh, winched up the hill, so to speak. The important thing to know here is that my dad was a shop teacher for 31 years. So if there's something we dream up, he can probably figure out how to build it. Well, and you have to be resourceful when you work at a camp. Yeah. I mean, this is a very common common thing that camp directors kind of always have, or camp owners, they kind of always have these projects that they're... You know, there's the ones that you're dreaming of and and you're saying, well, that's probably five or ten years out. There's ones that are three years into five years of building or something. There's the ones that you just completed from back Mm -hmm. when. Yeah, there's kind of always always movement toward a, a an improved future yep. and with the with the small number of kids that you have I imagine and I don't want to get into your finances or anything but I imagine it's uh, you know there's there's not I just know the numbers it, there's not a lot of money in in a small pool like that when yeah. you've got that few kids do you have a do you have a nonprofit sort of support arm or anything like that that Helps? Nope, there's no nonprofit. Uh, there is a way that people have donated sailboats and things to the girls' camp, um, and then uh, it's through a scholarship thing. Yep. Um, but we don't have one. Uh, so we have to be able to do everything. So if the, the toilet doesn't work, uh, you know, yeah. it's one of us that has yeah. to fix it. Mm-hmm. If uh, we need electrical issues, if they're not you know, major things, we're the ones that fix it. The roof leaks, we fix it. Yeah. Um, the canoe needs riveting, we rivet it. Well, and another reason why we see something like a sawmill to be a really good solution, uh, we can make our own lumber. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got the, the the woods isn't going anywhere. You've yeah. got a lot of forest there. Yeah. Uh, and not that you're going to go clear cut at all or something, but to produce a little lumber out there rather than having yeah. to haul that in, yep. it's got to be. It just sounds like fun. I mean, you guys, yeah. you I know, think it is. Well, because you've done, you know, you have a zip line. You know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, at one point you're like, hmm, let's do that. Let's do a yeah. water slide. Let's do that. <laughs> let's not? do, you know, and then there's like this constant evolution, you know, that's happening out there that you guys totally. are doing things and then yeah. you've got things in the future that you want to do. And it's like, you know, anything's possible. You have to have like, 300 ideas for 10 of them to work out right so we are constantly dreaming up ideas and seeing what sticks and you have to you have to have retained some of your uh childhood spirit to continue to stay at a camp like that because (laughs) well there's a there's just a constant sense of wonder (laughs) and dan's like Oh God, I'm totally <laughs> right. I can see he's a yeah. giant child. Yeah. <laughs> when, anytime we build big rope swings, I'm right yeah. On the rope swing. You're pushing your daughter off the first time yeah. just to yep. make sure it works. And yeah. then, then guess who gets to go next? Me. That's right. Yeah. yeah. She survived. It'll take another twenty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, we definitely that. have fun, and it's we uh, have so much fun. Uh, we both enjoy the same things that we do. I mean, I, I walked all across Spain and. Uh, in April last year um, on the Camino Santiago. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was really neat. And then and then in the fall, I walked on the Pacific Crest Trail for 100 miles. 
uh, just to see what that's all about. And I'm, I can't wait to get back out there. We had we had Will Steger in here earlier this week. He, yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Oh, he got oh, some you know right It's now. funny when I was getting oh. my coffee, I, I noticed those, but yeah. I wasn't sure. Oh, no I was kidding. like, hmm. hmm. Steger you know? Mucklux. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he walked from Russia to the U.S. You know, casually. <laughs> casually across some big ice sheet that used to be there that is right. deteriorating, deteriorating these days mm-hmm. from what I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... It, I think, you know, I can always put in a good plug for camps. I and yeah. always will. And it's amazing when we have people in here who, like we said, we don't do any research when people come in, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll invite someone in because someone recommended that they come on the show. Or we've seen they've been in the news for some reason. And we're like, well, that'd be an int- interesting person to talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually... You know, probably uh, a quarter of them at least. Like, wait a minute, you you, you went to a camp, didn't you? Well, you've got a camp experience, and you can yeah, just kind of see. It really it. is amazing. Yeah, to me, you know, how many people do go to camp? I mean, major, you know, quite a few. Yeah, yeah, so, and and, the, and there's a lot of camps here. <laughs> there are, and it's something that yes. Minnesotans don't really recognize. The number of I, there was something that the paper put out a while back where they ask people to suggest like the most Minnesotan things, the mm. things, the hundred most <laughs> unique Minnesotan things or whatever. And I wrote in about, about camps and it didn't make it into the list. And it, it surprises me that people, I don't think people realize that uh, in early June, mid July and mm. early August every year, our airport is full of children from yes. all over the country yep. and all over the world who get sent to here and northern Minnesota and northern Wisconsin to attend to these camps. They they see, they fall in love with our state. They fall in love with wilderness. They fall in love with the wonder and joy of playing for a lifetime. And we hardly even know it happens. And it all happens right under yeah. right under our roof here in Minnesota. So. I wonder if that's because cabin culture here is so strong too. I mean, you grew up going to yeah. A cabin. I mean, that's my my that's thing probably is cabin culture. Which there's know? a lot of so, similarities yeah. to. That, well, there is, that, you yeah. know, except for, I, yeah. I mean, there is for yeah. sure. But different, but, but different, but different, but yeah, yes. but a lot of. But there's a lot of Minnesotans that would say, "Why would I send my kid to camp? We go up to the lake and we do all these things." Right. Right. Yet. Uh, Minnesota is our biggest market. It is, yeah. Yeah, for both the girls' camp and the boys' camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of people. It it just it's just interesting to me the number of people who who do that from all over the country, though, too. Yeah, and yeah. even around the world, yeah. and and that and just what a great ambassador really for northern Minnesota, northern Wisconsin. These camps are, you know, they're really showing people some of the best of what we have to offer here. Absolutely. So, well, camps in general struggle with economic times and changes in, uh, you know, the climate. Uh, um, but the camps out west are, are doing well, and the camps out east are doing well. I mean, I think a lot of people still definitely realize the value in, in sending their kids to children's camps. But I think, and what do I know, right? <laughs> I am well, a, lot. a 27 yeah. camp degree. owner. Yeah, but what do I know about yeah, well, my, here's my philosophy on the on the topic is that it seems like people of my dad's generation were sent to camp 
just get out of the house, send you to camp. They were all brats. Fun. I mean, you needed to get rid of them. Right. Look at them. Look at trouble. Yeah. Trouble. You can Capital tell. T. Terry, too. Yes. My mother sent Terry and I away. I would have sent you and Terry away. Yeah. <laughs> I just met you. Yeah. Send them. So it, you could, camps could sell camp based on the nostalgia of roasting marshmallows and mm-hmm. jumping off the dock. And I think as camp owners and directors, our job has changed from that to selling the health benefits of it and this era of, uh, you know, my grandparents' era more so um, and less like the nostalgia of it and more the benefits it can have compared to our fast-paced society and the negative impacts that can have on kids and developing that connection with, with nature and independence and themselves. So I think we're in like this weird time trying to figure out how to get across the value of summer camp. Right. It's more so educating people now, I think. Well, and, and the, uh, you know, probably 30, 40 years ago, just the word camp mm-hmm. meant wilderness camp mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. And now that's kind of been co-opted into like, oh, I'm sending my kids to camp as a day camp in town right. to learn basketball or something. Right. That's yeah. not the same thing. Yes. Uh-huh. And they're not going to get the same experience out of that. At computer camp and space camp and, yeah, and, yes. and every not, kind of camp. Yeah, not that mm-hmm. – I mean, it's like uh, it's like rebranding. It's like the, the term designer. Yeah. Anyone can say they're a designer, but some people actually go to school sure. to learn design. Yeah. Right. That's an actual designer. Right. Or your fake nurses that you want. You know, I can right. tell you I'm a nurse. Some people actually go to school and learn that. And they have a degree. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there's no way to repatriate that uh, term, camp, but it, mm. it is, there is a big difference between sending your kid to something local that's called a camp, which great i'm I'm glad they're out there it's a good resource for people but a true experience at a wilderness camp is a very different thing Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah they're going to be kids rather than to walk away with a specific skill like speaking mandarin or coding or being a basketball star right they're just going somewhere to be a kid and develop in a healthy Mm -hmm. and positive way discover themselves yeah along the way yeah yeah and yep. and I remember from you know from my days at camp, uh, it was they do this at a lot of camps. It was our policy that every every night there's like six or eight kids in a cabin, mm-hmm. and every night the counselor reads to them, right for for you know half hour or so at the end of the night. And as assistant director, I would walk up and down the line to make sure everything was okay. And in in each cabin, there's a there's a young adult who cares very much. For the kids that are in their cabin, I'm gonna get teary thinking about <laughs> it, honestly. And mm-hmm. and there's a little a little lamp beside their bed, and they're reading a story to these kids, and those kids are listening intently, and they are just absolutely worn out hmm. from a from yeah. a day of awesomeness. Mm-hmm. Every day is a day of awesomeness, and then they've got they've got this person who loves them reading them a book at night, and that's it. And they get up the next day and go right back at Another it. Another day of Full throttle. Full yeah. throttle fun, you know, yeah. running through the woods and getting dirty and uh-huh. swimming in the lake and all the rest yeah. of it. Victor so. and I were just talking about that the other day. I said, did you ever read to your campers? He said, yeah, we read Harry Potter. Yeah. So they would do that at night. They'd read. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. how many young boys and girls, 
you know, miss that kind of opportunity really. Mm-hmm. Like just don't, it's a, it's a special kind of, uh, again, I'm getting weepy. Oh, it's well, it's yeah. a special kind of love that people have, you know, that the people that come up and dedicate themselves to doing this every yeah. summer, your staff, that's a, that's a special yeah. person. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Cause they don't get paid a lot. Right. Yeah. You know, you're at the end of the gunflint trail. It's not like there's a great bar and a bunch of girls down the right. road. You're like, you gotta go no. a long ways away to find anything. The yeah. normal things that a 19 or 20 year old right. boy might like on a mm-hmm. uh, in their summer, they're exchanging that for the opportunity to spend a summer in the wilderness with someone else's kids and be a real, mm-hmm. a true and honest mentor to them. Absolutely. So, it's a life-changing thing, both for our staff and our campers. Yeah, I think so. the staff gets almost more out yeah. of it in a lot of ways. Yep. If we're doing our jobs right, they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's great, think, great, yeah. great all around. It's funny you say that about the reading, because uh, the only thing I remember about first grade as a little kid was our teacher reading Charlotte's Web to us. I can <laughs> still remember sitting on my little rug listening oh, yeah. to Oh, my goodness. I, no, I don't remember her name or anything right. about first grade. Or most any of those grades for the men. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah. I'm I'm envisioning like a like a one room dirt or a wood floor schoolhouse in, <laughs> I went to grade in 1852 or something. Yeah, it's, it's down well, in Edina. Uh, <laughs> it's in Edina. Yeah, yeah. I asked where my grade school was. Edina. Right. A little bit different. Probably than a little Sam's, nicer uh, than what I. <laughs> little <laughs> house on the prairie type yeah. of vision he's got going on. I had to there. throw something in there. <laughs> right. Oh <laughs> man. That's All right, cool. you two. Uh, we've managed through a lot of time here. Uh, if you know, if people are looking for you, what are the things that people need to know if they're kind of searching for camps and looking for your camp specifically? Well, I mean, there's the basics of how old your kid is and then what kind of um what kind of adventure they're looking for for the summer i mean we're a small by design camp so i speak with a lot of moms Mm -hmm. and i don't a lot of moms get this reference i say it's like our camp is like going shopping in a boutique versus going shopping at like the mall of america like there's fewer items there but they're really good quality yeah so that's our camp is definitely focused on quality and small so if that rings true, which it has, we've had some moms call and say, we saw your website says it's small on purpose, and that's what we're looking for, um, mm-hmm. kind of a custom camp uh, for their son. So yeah, ages 7 to 17, virtual wilderness camp. We had another guest on who talked about, she's not, she wasn't a camper herself, but she was a camp, is a camp mother. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she, you know, I was telling her, I think it was off the mics though, but um there's i've had the opportunity to visit a bunch of these camps Mm -hmm. and each one's got its own culture it's got a little different feel they do slightly different things Mm -hmm. um and generally speaking i can meet a kid ask him a few questions talk to him for a little bit and say you know you'd be perfect at this camp for for these reasons you know because not every Mm -hmm. kid not every kid is the right kid for each one of the different experiences, yeah. but there's always a camp out there for every kid. Yeah. So. Right. All yeah, right. I like the way you, you uh, phrase that, like a boutique. Like a boutique. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, there's some camps that are really serious adventure camps that like are going to paddle the Hudson Bay. Kuchiching. And Kuchiching, that's exactly who I was thinking Chippewa, of. yep. Yep. So we are like one step down from that. Like maybe we're like, 
to prepare for a big trip like that someday, sure. right? So we still go out into the Boundary Waters and do paddle trips, but um, maybe not as hardcore as something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's, you know, like Lincoln is, and Lake Hubert, they, that's a more of an emotional experience in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and it's it's great. They're, they're yeah. fantastic, but, and they have their adventure part too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are these slight, differentiations between the yeah. camps and they but That's look good. them up thunderbird bagaman comedy i mean north star birch trails they're all yeah, really birch. really great camps they are, yeah. and find yeah. one for your kid yep. That's all I absolutely say. there's one for everybody yep yeah great well it's been really fun all right, meeting both of you thanks Same. for coming in thank you for pleasure having to be us. here thank yeah. you appreciate it great right. keep up the good work both thank you, you. We'll try. Happy trails. Happy trails. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care.